In today's episode, I want to talk about the surprising value of weak ties in your network. And this is your social network, your professional network. I think we're all familiar with the strong ties. Those are the people we're very closely connected to. You know, obviously the absent ties, people we don't know at all, but there are the weak ties. These are the casual acquaintances that you know that can provide surprising value when you're looking for new opportunities. This is Invincible Career, and I'm Larry Cornett. If you're looking for a new job, you may find that your weak ties are more helpful than your close friends, which could be a little surprising, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. If you want to start a new business or you're trying to grow your customer base, you're probably better off building new connections with acquaintances rather than tapping into your familiar colleagues. So what is a weak tie? Well, it's someone that you know, but not very well. Or you were close a long time ago, but you haven't been in contact for years or maybe even decades. These weak ties in your network have faded with usually time and distance. So this could be a classmate from high school, a college roommate, one of your favorite professors, you know, in a course that you took a coworker or a boss from one of your early jobs, someone you used to live next to, an old neighbor, people you met at a conference years ago, and even the people in everyday life that you bump into at your local coffee shop or a cafe or the gym. You just don't know them that well. Now contrast these types of relationships with the ones where you have strong ties. You have a much stronger and fresher connection with your current coworkers and your manager, of course. You're talking almost every day. You're obviously very close to your family. Your good friends talk with you often, and you probably travel in very similar social circles. So your friends are friends with your friends. <laughs> they know you very well, perhaps too well. <laughs> That's the complexity of strong ties. So many more factors come into play when friends or even close colleagues are making introductions for you, when they're recommending each other for jobs or they're providing testimonials. It gets a little tricky. There's a tricky balance that has to happen. They don't want to risk their reputations. I mean, they're introducing a friend for a job, and what if it doesn't work out? And vice versa. They don't want you to get burned. Maybe they know too much about the job, and so they don't want to recommend the job to you because they know what it's really like inside. And yeah, these tight relationships are valuable. They're so valuable for many, many reasons. Your close friends, your family, your partners in business, they're going to help you. They're going to support you. They're going to perform favors for you. They do make introductions. They advise you. They give you feedback. Some of them maybe even hire you. That happens. However, since you overlap so much, you will rarely be exposed to entirely new information or entirely new people. To learn and grow, you have to expose yourself to thoughts and ideas outside of this bubble. To expand your network and increase its diversity and value, you have to stretch yourself 
to seek out entirely new networks that are far away from your friends, family, and colleagues. And I created a quick kind of visualization that shows what I'm talking about. If you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, this is The Surprising Value of Weak Ties, issue 301. And it's really just showing in a more visual way how your network overlaps with the network of your friends and your coworkers, and then how you could connect through a weak tie to an acquaintance and be able to tap into an entirely different network that no one else is connected to. So there are seven ways that I believe weak ties are valuable. One, it's great for discovering new opportunities. Two, it's good for sharing new information. Three, it gives you exposure to new points of view. Four, it gives you improved cultural understanding. Five, it increases the diversity of your network. Six, it increases the power of your network. And then finally, number seven, which is an interesting one, you are viewed as unique. So let's talk a little bit more about the first one, which is discovering new opportunities. In Adam Grant's book, Give and Take, Why Helping Others Drives Our Success, he shared some information from research that was published by Mark Granovetter. He surveyed people in professional, technical, and managerial or professions who had recently changed jobs. Nearly 17% had heard about the job from a strong tie. And that's kind of what we expect, right? But surprisingly, people were significantly more likely to benefit from weak ties. Almost 28% had heard about their job from a weak tie. So strong ties provide strong bonds, but weak ties serve as bridges. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. They give you access to new information, to new networks, and discovering new opportunities. Because within your stronger and closer networks, many of the people have already heard about the same opportunities. <laughs> I mean, that happens all the time. I see that with jobs like, oh, this company's hiring and everybody who is in the same profession, in the same industry is like, yeah, I know. I've seen that post. And I remember this happening when I was a young designer and I started my first solopreneur agency back in the late 90s. When I talked with my designer friends in my Silicon Valley network, they often shared exactly the same connections and potential gigs. Oh, this person's looking for someone. This person's looking for someone. And everybody kept saying the same handful of opportunities. It's because we all were friends with many of the same people in many of the same companies. However, when I reached out to my friends in engineering or marketing or program management or at leadership levels, they were aware of completely different opportunities. They would bring me into companies to work on projects that my design peers didn't even know existed. They weren't even aware of these companies. They weren't aware of the opportunity. So your weak ties can help you discover new opportunities that people in your tight network aren't even aware of. Number two is about sharing new information. So when you want to be kind of in the mode of always learning new things, which we all should be, 
you'll often discover that your weak ties in your broader network are a better source than your strong ties. I mean, think about it. How often does a close friend or a colleague share something with you and you say, oh yeah, yeah, I read that article this morning. It happens to me all the time. My brother will share something. I'm like, yeah, I already, I already saw that. Or you don't say that. You're just kind and say, oh, thanks. But you've seen it before. Or a colleague shares a news article. Did you see this research? And you're like, yeah, I saw it yesterday. I mean, it's not surprising. Many of uh, your close friends and your colleagues tend to read the same news sources and publications. I know with a lot of my friends and colleagues, we all work in the same general industry, you know, in tech. We see a lot of the same stuff. However, my weaker ties often share new information that I would never encounter in my daily life. And on the flip side, when I want to share information and reach a broader audience, I'm better off sharing it with acquaintances and even strangers than my strong ties. And why is that? Well, it's because when my close friends and colleagues share my information with their networks, the overlap is really significant. I mean, we're friends with many, many of the same people. So when they share it, after I shared it, it reaches the same people again and again, and it never bridges across entirely new networks. Plus, people start to tune it out when they keep seeing it shared again, when they keep seeing you again. <laughs> it gets old. And from that research that was published by uh, Granovetter, he had a quote, this means that whatever is to be diffused can reach a larger number of people and traverse greater social distance when passed through weak ties rather than strong. And he researched this, that if you really want your message to go far and wide, you have to share it with weak ties. So number three is exposure to new points of view. And that's a good thing. I mean, it happens to the best of us. We live in our little worlds. We see the same people every day. We start to have the same conversations. And we're too busy. We're busy with work and life. We're too busy to explore beyond those boundaries. And that means that our familiar social networks and professional networks, they become kind of echo chambers. We spend our days reading posts and articles that reinforce our point of view. And what does this do? Well, we start to falsely believe that, well, everyone must share my political point of view. Everyone must have the same moral code that I do. Everyone must have a similar life philosophy because that's what I see every day. But it's not true. I mean, as one example, people were horribly surprised during the election year over four years ago. You can ask my liberal friends in California. They couldn't believe that people voted for Trump. They're like, how could this have happened? Well, I still have weak ties to the Midwest. That's where I grew up. I mean, I live in California. I've been here a long time, but I grew up in the Midwest. So I wasn't surprised at all. I already knew that millions of people held very different viewpoints than my friends in Silicon Valley. 
I knew it was going to happen. So I'm not saying that you'll always enjoy being exposed to different points of view, but you shouldn't put your head in the sand. You shouldn't dream and pretend that the world is 100% aligned with what you believe. Awareness is powerful. Number four is improved cultural understanding. And by culture, I'm referring to it in every sense of the word. It's that system of collectively held values that's unique to countries, of course, even geographies. There's a different culture in California than there is in New York. Cities have different cultures. San Francisco is very different than L.A., very different. Professions have their own culture. Designers are very different than engineers. Obviously, religions, political cultures. Now, these micro-communities, you have online communities that have their own culture. Tons of cultures. And you are a product of your culture. It influences you in ways that you're probably very familiar with. But it probably influences you in ways that you're not even aware of. The attitude of us versus them, which, which can happen, is rarely healthy. So embracing the weak ties in your network, people that are outside of your culture, it allows you to become more culturally aware and more culturally sensitive. You can appreciate where someone's coming from, even if you don't fully understand it or you don't want to adopt it. And yeah, you have your culture, they have theirs. No one's saying that you have to adopt other cultures. As an example, I'm still connected to old colleagues from my time living and working in Shanghai many, many, many years ago. And living there, I lived there for three to four months. It certainly improved my cultural understanding of my friends in China. Now, time and distance have certainly made these ties weak. They can't be strong anymore. But maintaining a degree of connection to my old friends and coworkers, it ensures that I never forget what their lives are like. I'm still aware and sensitive and I understand what it's like to live in China. Five is about increasing the diversity of your network. You know, again, thanks to my time working in tech and all my international travel, I do have a fairly diverse network that spans the entire globe. I have friends all over the place. But I also have a diverse network that spans professions. I'm not just friends with people in design or product management or tech. And it spans socioeconomic classes too. I've spent time with billionaires. You know, I spent a week with Piero Midiar and we talked with him, got to know who he was. Very different life. Uh, but I also hang out with people who are just barely getting by. And I've been one of those people. So I get it. Diversity in your network is essential for a variety of reasons. Unfortunately, we tend to become friends with people and connect with people who are very similar to us. And there's some freaky research that, believe it or not, we also tend to have friends who are genetically similar to us, which is weird. I don't know how that works. However, research has proven that the more diverse your teams are and your organizations, you get better outcomes. And that's, you know, your backgrounds, your education, 
your socioeconomic status, your profession, your industry, gender, race, age, all of these things. So if your network is homogeneous, it's time to shake it up. There was some research by McKinsey, I think this is back in 2015, looking at public companies and those that were in the top quartile for diversity, ethnic and racial diversity in management were 35% more likely to have financial returns above their industry mean. And the same is true for gender diversity. They were 15% more likely to have returns above the industry mean. It's powerful. Diversity is good. We want different thoughts. And, you know, your weak ties are weak because they're outside of your social bubble and your professional bubble. And that's exactly what makes them so valuable. Increasing the diversity of your network will help your network become more powerful, more creative, collaborative, empathetic, successful. It's, It's worth it. And speaking of power, that's number six, increasing the power of your network. You are limiting the power of your network when it only consists of the familiar people who are already in it. I mean, they may introduce you to a few new people because no one's networks overlap 100%. I mean, my network doesn't overlap 100% with my wife's. It's like, and we're really close. But, you know, like attracts like. And so that's not always good. So it's still not very diverse. You're not going to learn a lot of new information. And I see this happen all the time. This is something I've observed over my career is that people in a specific profession tend to make friends with other people in their profession. And they have their network mostly filled with individuals who are near their experience level. Very common. If you go look on LinkedIn, the density of your LinkedIn network is probably pretty heavy with people in your profession at your level. College students tend to have a network full of other students. Junior designers have a network full of other designers. I used to. My network on LinkedIn in the early days was me and designer after designer after designer after designer. Uh, You see in other industries too. Real estate agents are connected to a bunch of other agents. And that's good. I'm not saying it's not useful. However, it's not as powerful as it could be or as it needs to be. Your weak ties will help you build a more powerful network that spans professions and industries. And it includes people at higher levels of influence. You know, my weak ties, for example, have allowed me to be introduced to CEOs and VC partners and angel investors, which came in really handy when I was raising money for my startup. So, I mean, they are in my extended network as new weak ties. I mean, we're not, <laughs> we're not golfing buddies. They're never going to be a strong tie. We don't hang out every weekend. But they're, what, I, what I see as useful is this is this broader network of weak ties. And it's really important. It's really important to level up your network this way. And that means going up and going down. You know, if you're at a really senior level, senior executive, and your network is all senior executives, 
that's good for some things. But when you need to hire people who can actually do the work, <laughs> if you're looking for great designers, engineers, salespeople, marketing people, and the only people you know are a bunch of VPs who don't want to do the work, that's not very helpful. And from the flip side, you know, if you are wanting to get connected at the highest levels within a company and be brought into a company, whether you want to be hired as an employee or you want to be hired as a consultant, coming in at the highest level possible changes the game. I have a friend and client who was looking for a job, this is years ago, and had been connecting through peers in the network. And that was useful for some things. It had opened a few doors and had a bunch of interviews, but nothing was closing. But then he got introduced into a company at the CEO level. I mean, he knew the CEO. That changed everything. I mean, he had a job offer and was hired in like less than a week because the CEO is the ultimate decision maker. It wasn't like, well, let's run you through the gauntlet and see if we can get you approved and go through all these interviews. It's like, no, the CEO wants you, you're hired. It makes a huge difference and that will dramatically increase the power of your network. And then the final one, which is kind of fun, is that you are viewed as unique. That's the, one of the big benefits of these weak ties in your broader network. And this is something that I discovered over the years of my career. It's somewhat related to that old saying, familiarity breeds contempt. And there's a quote from William Hazlitt, though familiarity may not breed contempt, it takes off the edge of admiration. So <laughs> that is so true. Your friends, family, and colleagues, they're way too familiar with all your stories. They know you. They know your past. They've probably heard all your stories before. They become so accustomed to you that they may even take you for granted from time to time. I mean, we've all experienced that, being taken for granted. Many years ago, I, I used to do a lot of speaking tours when I was the VP of Consumer Products for Yahoo Search. So I would present to organizations inside the company on the main campus in uh, Sunnyvale, California. I also traveled internationally to present to our offices in London and Barcelona and Bangalore and other places. And I'm still giving talks. I give talks and workshops to tech teams in the U.S., often in California. But I've also spoken at conferences in other countries. And looking back on 15 years of all of this, doing these speaking engagements, I noticed an interesting pattern. I mean, time and distance allows you to see patterns. The less familiar the audience was with me, the more valuable they thought my talk was. They viewed me as unique. And that somehow made me more interesting to them. I definitely noticed this. You know, when I would talk to my, my own team and to the, the broader team and present stuff, you know, they'd heard it before. They'd heard variations of it before. You know, they'd get a little bored with it. They wouldn't be paying attention. It certainly wasn't exciting. They heard me talk every day. But when I would go and present like our strategy and roadmap to completely different teams. Like I presented to the legal team. I went to their weekly staff meeting and presented 
our new strategy and some of our cutting edge stuff we were working on and what the roadmap was. And they were so interested. They asked questions. They were engaged. They came up after and said, thank you so much for doing this. No one ever shares anything like this with us. I'm glad that we were able to be a part of it and give you feedback. That was fun. I mean, and that happened when I presented to any team that wasn't my usual team. And it's especially true when I left the country and I would speak in London or Barcelona. People were really engaged. I was a new face. I was a shining new face and it was exciting. When I spoke at a conference in Australia, tons of people came up to me after the talk. I met so many people and they were asking questions. People bought me drinks. We had exciting conversations. It was fun. And then we connected on LinkedIn and I'm still in touch with those people. Gave the same talk in California. Not nearly as much engagement or excitement. And I went to the after party for that too. I think maybe 10% of the, of the same amount of people came up to me after and talked with me. They're like, yeah, yeah. Another California tech guy talking. It's not so exciting when you're in the middle of California tech. But when I was in Australia, it seemed interesting. I was a new face. And it's nice to feel appreciated. I think everyone should have the experience of being treated as special and interesting, entertaining. It's a big confidence boost. And there's nothing wrong with boosting your confidence. The strong ties in your network, they may not think that interacting with you every day is all that special. But the people who are weak ties will value time with you and make you feel appreciated because it's so rare. So yeah, that's it. Light up those weak ties. It doesn't matter what you are trying to accomplish professionally. Activating the weak ties in your network will help you more than you think. Reaching out to your acquaintances old and new, it will increase the diversity, power, freshness, value, and uniqueness in your professional social graph. And that doesn't mean that you need to transform your weak ties into strong ties. That's impossible. You just cannot maintain strong ties with a large group of people. You're not going to be able to talk to everybody every day. It's really about creating a stronger, broader network of weak ties and not letting those relationships completely fade away. Because if that happens, they're no longer weak ties, they're absent ties. It disconnects those other networks entirely from you. They're gone. And all of those potential opportunities for meeting people and information, it, it vanishes. You know, reactivating these old relationships, that was a lot harder a few years ago. You may have only bumped into people thanks to business trips and conferences or going to an industry event or, you know, kind of a chance encounter if you ran into somebody at a local cafe. It was harder. You know, like I said, I spoke at this conference in Melbourne and it was great. We had a good time I, and then we connect on LinkedIn and Twitter and other places. But when would I ever see them again under an ordinary circumstance? You know, I'm not going to walk down the street <laughs> to Melbourne and bump into somebody. It was two years ago. I don't know when I'll be back. But now I can just set up a Zoom appointment and I can catch up with someone halfway around the world. And I have. And I reconnect with them on Twitter. We comment on each other's tweets. 
So that's a, that's a weak tie. Some of these new acquaintances have joined my career community, and now I chat with them there, and we're talking about their career and what they want to do next. So are you ready to reconnect with your old friends and colleagues? I, I really think you should. Refresh those weak ties. Don't let them go absent. Are you ready to meet some new people? Do you want to add new acquaintances to your professional network? Well, it's easy to do. When you subscribe to my newsletter at newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, become a premium subscriber, I will add you to my premium career community. And I have a private office hours channel that is only for premium subscribers. And we jump in every week and we ask questions, answer questions, support each other, give advice, and help people get ahead in their jobs. Help them get promoted, help them find new jobs, help them with introductions. So I hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you would like to follow upcoming releases of the show, please subscribe. And as always, I appreciate your ratings and reviews. Thank you. If you would like to learn more about Invincible Career and the podcast, you can visit InvincibleCareer.com. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.